we choose whether we're going to act with kindness and compassion and be part of a team. In this episode, Julian Melson, a sterile processing core tech, and Scott Dottie, a specialist in supply chain management, discuss the challenges that face the trans community and the importance of a supportive and inclusive work environment. I felt like a boy since I can remember having an opinion of myself. And I'm also a transgender man. I transitioned in 2005 and um, I've been pretty out and active in my community since I started my transition, but I made a decision early on that I would not be out at work. I wanted to just be seen as a man and experience what that was like without a backstory. And, um, you know, just I just wanted to be, do my job. And it was hard for me because I feel like I'm a person of integrity. And I live my life lying and having to keep track of my lies. When Julian... Uh, started working in sterile processing here at Mayo Clinic. I had been employed already for about six months um, and no idea he was trans. Um, no clue. So I found out about 11 months into my employment here that I had been outed and it had been going on for about three months. I was now faced with this daunting decision. Do I just leave and not come back? How are they going to receive me now? Am I going to be seen as something I'm not? Like, are they going to see me as a man still? So um, the one person that I knew didn't know was Scott. And I felt like if he doesn't know, I want to be the one to tell him. So we went to his place. How did I not know? <laughs> you know, how it had not gotten to me yet, you know? And it, but it right. hadn't. I guess it had been going around, and I hadn't heard anything. It just, you know, there's Julian, you know, the guy I work with, you know. Yeah, there know. was some indication that I knew you didn't know. I had no idea. Because we were yeah. still joking around. Yeah, like we have this jokey banter. I love that about our relationship. There was no political correctedness. I knew that he cared about me as a person. And it was just part of our banter. But, you know, here I'm faced with this task. I have to tell him or he's going to hear from someone else. So I felt I owed it to him to tell him my story. So we go to his house. And I'm really nervous. I said, so Scott, what I needed to tell you is that the rumor that's been going around about me, um, which is true, is that I'm transgender. And I transitioned uh, in 2005. And he just looked at me and he's like, all right, dude, what is it? Come on. What did you really <laughs> want to tell me? Right. Like, like it that's, was that's not it. So what is it really? So. Right. That threw me. Yeah. And then I went on to tell him what that was like for me. And, and uh, his um, response was the best response that I had ever heard when I came out to someone. Do you want to say? Yeah, I just said good choice because you're a dude. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how I can't, you know, see things any differently. So, yeah, um, biology, and I'm a big believer in facts, science, you know, but... Uh, had got biology uh, was wrong on this one, you know. Yeah, you said biology was wrong. You were right. Yeah, good like, I love that. So I have a question that I wanted to ask you about regarding when I came out to you and the conversation that we had surrounding that. Yeah. So there was something you asked me. You said um, you asked me if there was anything offensive that you had ever said. Why did you ask me that? 
the reason I had asked you if I had said anything offensive when you came out to me previously was that you and I have a pretty warped sense of humor. It wasn't always politically correct. Right. Yeah. So I, there was a very good chance I could have said something, you know, that was offensive and had not known it. And you, you know, had just, you know, through your tolerance, had put up with it. It was really meaningful to me that you were thoughtful enough to, to ask that. Um, I think that speaks to your character. And also it's a, it's a you know, not being in the community, part of the community, you know, um, and it, I guess it was an opportunity to educate myself as well because I don't know. Sure. And, and I think the, the um, understanding that I bring with me today into situations comes from I grew up in a culture where I didn't understand this either. I think that if I was completely comfortable with this, I would have come out, I wouldn't have waited until I was 39 years old. So I think it's important for me to have empathy if I'm asking that of others. We're all people, we're all human, and uh, I'm just a different variation of humanity. And I really appreciate your support and understanding. I don't know that I would have um, such a well-rounded, meaningful um, experience here without your influence. So what challenges have you faced in previous workplaces? Some of the uh, challenges that my community face in the workplace are uh, if we're found out, we're going to be treated differently. It could ruin any established relationships that we formed. Um, I could, we could be not included. It's this non-aggressive hostility that is a big fear uh, to be ostracized in a place that you have to spend so much time. This is a big one for the trans, specifically the trans community. Um, not being seen as a gender that you worked really hard to uh, live life as now. Um, for instance, so people could potentially call me she and use a female name. And it, it, the list just goes on and on. So it can be a really uh, scary situation for us. And I would imagine that lends itself to the minority stress you talked about. And it's really damaging, and it takes away from a cohesive work unit, I feel. I feel, and this is just my opinion, the distraction is behavior like that, not somebody like me in the workplace. I just wanted to mention the significance of, of allies to our community, and those would be considered people who are not LGBTI, um, that speak out, that befriend me that set a tone in the department that discrimination is not welcome here. And so Scott's role in that is even before he knew my status, he openly said that he supports equal rights for the LGBT community. And I had never in my entire life heard a non-LGBT man make a statement op openly like that. That was huge, that stayed with me, and I think that it gave me a sense of safety. At the time when you yeah. told me, I didn't really understand, like, well, you know, what, what was the significance? You know what I mean? Just because I'm somebody outside the community showing support, or not even showing support, just because even then it seems to me passive, but yeah, just saying, you know what I mean, that I believe in civil rights and it doesn't matter, 
you know what what group it's just civil civil it's civil rights being civil to one another you know what I mean like how can you not support it you know what I mean I do it's like the it seems to me the bare minimum I think that there were probably a lot of allies in different workplaces that I worked at but none openly said what you said when you do that you give other allies the courage to also speak up so I really support anybody who's an ally of of our community to just say so so that that support you know it just isn't one-sided you know that I mean that was really important to me as well I feel that we have a really strong bond forever yeah. um, because we walked through some of this stuff together and I think that uh, we enhance each other's lives in that way because of your tolerance because of your you know what you've experienced and how you know, you've had to overcome, you know, these stressors of life, work, you know, transitioning and, and literally tolerate those who weren't accepting. A, a very understanding human being has come out of, has you know, uh, morphed out of this process that you've gone through, you know, which has allowed people like myself to be able to open up and be able to speak, you know, with you um, about anything, you know. Which right is, that's what I'm saying. It's a two. You know, it's not. It's not just having an ally here that you have. It's also that you know what I mean. And a friend. It's like I also have that in a friend. You know. Where did it turn around for you that you actually saw people instead of a story connected to that label? I remember growing up. I, mean, I grew up in a small um, town, sixteen thousand people. My my best friend's older <clears throat> brother was gay. After seeing the way that his family accepted him, I don't know if I ever could have felt any other way, you know, that this is not a big deal. This is the bare minimum, you know, to just be, to treat people with dignity and respect. And once you meet a human being, I think that makes you question a story that's been told to you for generations. That this person isn't like this, I have so much in common, and then it stops mattering. I find that is useful for me in not being angry with people um, to think back about how I felt and that I wasn't always comfortable with this. So how can I expect other people to suddenly feel that way? I like to give people a break, uh, even if there's somebody in my workplace who doesn't agree with who I am, who feels it's wrong or that there is a sickness or whatever belief they have around it, I do feel, but I, it is not my business to judge somebody's beliefs. I think that even people who feel that about me, we can work together in a cohesive workplace. Um, that the basic values of treating somebody with dignity and respect can go both ways. And we choose our actions. So no matter how you feel about something, we choose whether we're going to uh, act with kindness and compassion and be part of a team. So I feel very safe, valued, and appreciated here. A culture of inclusivity starts with you. Whether part of a certain community or not, your words, actions, and behaviors are part of the experiences that shape our culture. Think about ways you can support those around you and put them into action.